Well, hey, y'all. Thanks for joining in, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Speaking of the Word podcast. I'm Brandon Rager. I am an overly caffeinated Bible nerd, a dutiful husband to my high school sweetheart and the world's most patient woman, a dad of four rowdy boys who think they are God's next gift to the NHL, and I uh, pastor the wonderful folks of Mountain Bible Church in Livingston, Montana. So today, I'm joined by my longtime friend, co-host of this podcast, and fellow pastor, Kyle Mallard. So Kyle and I are getting ready to kick off a community group ministry at the church where we serve. So today, we thought it would be appropriate to talk about the word in community. So we'll be talking about why we need to engage in the scriptures and in our life with God within the context of community, um, how Christian community enables us to really experience the fullness of life with God that Jesus has made possible, and even what are some of the ways that churches have tried to facilitate this kind of community in the past, and why we think in-home community groups, that model is one of the best ways to do it. So uh, two warnings. One, this was my first experience recording a podcast. Kyle's done this before, but it will become very obvious to you that I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, Two, I was also under the weather when we recorded this, so I apologize to Kyle for being such a drowsy and nasally conversation partner. All right, here we go. The Word in Community. Hey, Kyle. How's it going, Brandon? <laughs> what you drinking today? <laughs> I am sipping on some Kirkland, the Kirkland Special. Um, Kirkland Signature. Kirkland Signature, indeed. So, talk about the Word and Community here at Mountain Bible Church, where Kyle and I pastor. We are going to be kicking off community groups in kind of a new way, more a different way than we have in the past. Um, and so we're thinking a lot about what does it look like to do discipleship in such a way where it is not just information transfer, but it's actually experiencing the life of Christ in community. And I've already talked with Kyle. That's a struggle for me. I, uh, I've always been passionate about sharing the story of God, helping people understand the story of God and the scriptures, helping them understand their role in that story. Um, but for me, a lot of that is often information transfer. It's often thinking about this is the story, here's the facts, here's the context, and uh, even my teaching style sometimes is is that. So so this is not necessarily new for me, but often a struggle for me to think about the importance of approaching God's Word in the context of of a community where it is pursuing lifestyle change and not just a change in how I think. So, so yeah. So, Kyle, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Like, what's the problem, the downsides of Mm. that information transfer rut that we can kind of get stuck in? Yeah, the the first thing that comes to my head is actually my experience with a previous ministry um, that I worked for before coming on staff here. And um, the ministry focused on care and counseling for pastors and Christian leaders. And there were a number... I mean, we were constantly working with pastors and Christian leaders whose marriages were on the rocks. Um, there was some type of maybe moral failing, um, just depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. And anytime they would, you know, come into the office, I mean, anytime anybody comes into that room, it's, 
it's not necessarily because their theology is wonky, right? It's not necessarily right. because um, they don't have the right amount of information. Uh, yeah. It's because they haven't experienced trans- transformation, and they aren't experiencing the theology that they hold, right? Because right. it's like right. when we believe the love of God towards us in Christ and the grace of God in Christ towards us and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the the work, that sanctifying work he's doing in our lives and um, all of those like grand theological things that we know to be true. It's one thing to know them intellectually in our heads and it's a whole nother thing to experience them in our lives. So all that to be said, anytime anybody came into a counseling office, like it wasn't because Mm -hmm. they're, they didn't have, you know, their theological T's crossed and I's dotted um, there was usually a disconnect between the information in their head and the transformation that they hadn't been experiencing in their heart. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if that's true of pastors and professional theologians, um, guys who have, you know, even gotten their PhDs in theology, I, I think right. that speaks to this reality that information strictly isn't sufficient. It's an important step. I think it's like, it's a crucial step to transformation um, in conformity to the image of Christ, but it's not, mm-hmm. it's not sufficient in and of itself. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of um, Romans 12, but we fixate on that verse two of Romans, uh, Romans 12, don't be conformed to this age would be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's easy to look at that mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. discipleship into merely. So this is mind renewal. It's about the, a change in the way I think. Mm-hmm. Um, way I think about myself in the world, which is essential part of that. But sometimes you miss the first part of that, which is to present your bodies mm-hmm. as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Your entire self yeah. is submitted, not just not just your mind. And so there can be, it seems like, especially in what we do, when you're talking about ministering to pastors and, and what we do, there can be a, a disconnect between mind and the rest of the self. we got mm-hmm. it right in our head, yeah, not our heart. Yeah, I mean, so then the question is, how do we move from information yeah. to transformation? Right. And I mean, the, the first thing that comes to my mind, I mean, just thinking about creation, right? Why did God create us? Like, ultimately for his glory, but he created us in his image with a unique capacity for relationship, right? Like, there's a right. clear distinction between us and the animals. Mm-hmm. And I think that distinction, one of the distinctions, there could be many you could talk about, but is our unique capacity for relationship with God and our need for relationship with one another, right? God said it's not good that man should be alone. Um, And I think that aloneness is not just connected strictly to marriage, but just in general, like our our need for community. Um, Change and transformation was designed to take place in the context of relationship. So like, for example, if if I want to grow in demonstrating love, like the love of Christ towards you know, other people around me, that's something that that love cannot be formed in me apart from relationship with other people. So like if that is, if our goal in sanctification is to become more like Jesus and that includes, you know, I mean, I think you could just look at the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, like all of those things can't be fully expressed in their truest form unless Mm -hmm. expressed in the context of relationship, which then takes like practice and, time and it, it yeah. takes like yeah it takes work yeah it's not just like oh i've got this perfect formula now and that's gonna immediately translate to transformation right right, right. 
Yeah, I mean, that speaks to the scriptural wisdom we have of, you talked about this with our congregation not long ago, about just how many one another texts there are in the New Testament that all of our callings, many of our callings as disciples of Jesus involve another, involve mm-hmm. one another that mm-hmm. we're, we're living in response to. And so if we're being transformed more and more into the image of Christ, if that's not happening in a way that's changing the one another relationships, mm-hmm. there's not the kind of fullness of transformation that God intends for us. But it also means we have to intentionally place ourselves in Mm-hmm. in the community yeah. and the one another yeah. so that that can be experienced as well. Thinking about that, what role do you think a local community of faith plays in that, in that process of, of discipleship where it's not mm-hmm. just about information transfer, but it's whole life transformation? Yeah. Well, first I would say as like a sub point, I think like our cultural context and conditioning is completely antithetical to that reality as far as just like individualism and it's just me and my own and my family, my career, my aspirations. And so I think the importance of a local community is like realizing that the waters we swim in are pushing against community. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be something that we have to intentionally pursue, right? Versus like other cultures where, um, I mean, even just thinking about cars and how we have to drive everywhere for the most part, it's like other cultures and like, even in the times of the scripture, like, community was very easily accessible mm-hmm. because it's like, it's the, it's your neighbors. It's the people in immediate proximity to you. Yeah. Um, likely in walking distance, you know, just constantly, it, it was just easy to naturally live in community. And I think it's something we have to be more intentional about today. And then putting that particularly in the context of this importance of Christian community, um, as a means, as God's, you know, natural means towards our transformation, yeah, I think it's something that we have to be intentional about due to the natural barriers and cultural context we live in. Uh, yeah. I think it's re- that's relevant. Yeah, I mean, point. what's, you know, why, why can't, let's put it in like real world terms, why can I not do Christian community just with my Facebook friends who I can chat with mm. and who can send me Bible verse memes and <laughs> encourage me each day like that? Like, why, yeah. do, why do I need a physical, visible, local community of faith in my own town? Yeah, that I'm a part of. How in what way is that local community going to help me mm. when I'm talking about mm-hmm. discipleship? Yeah, life transformation. Well, I think back to that Romans 12 verse yeah. two of just like we are, we are embodied beings. Like God created us with bodies to be experienced. Like this, it's it's a physical right, right. located reality. And I think there is something like technology can be good, and those types of relationships um, can be helpful it's never the fullness of what god intended in his design of creating us as sure. embodied beings and, and even just like working out kind of the practical thinking about the fruit of the spirit right if christ likeness and looks like love joy peace and, and patience and all those things like those can only be very minimally demonstrated across a screen right. and you know right. digitally speaking yeah um and the fullness of them can only be experienced as we are living physically present in community with other people. Right. Um, right. So as with all things, we're kind of wandering off topic, I guess, talking about technology, but (laughs) I mean, as with all things, these are good gifts that we are given by God. Um, and they can be used in good ways, I would say to even enhance community. Mm -hmm. But like you're saying, there's no way in which a a virtual community can replace Mm -hmm. real physical, uh, visible, localized community of faith that I'm meant to be a part of. Yeah. Um, 
And one of those aspects is I, I can, I have some autonomy in digital community in which I can choose when I'm going to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And if, and if at any point yeah. I want to back out of it, it's easy to do so. Yeah. Um, to, to unfriend, unfollow, yeah. shut it off, whatever. Um, but when I'm talking about, for instance, the scriptures describe us being family in Christ, this is implying a commitment to one another mm-hmm. in good times and bad. Yeah. Um, and I can only experience that yeah. in, a, in a real, real world community, mm-hmm. physical community. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, we've got this idea of discipleship as more than information transfer, but we're talking about life transformation as the spirit is working in us um, to mold, shape us, mature us in Christ. We are growing in Christ likeness, um, making the point, obviously, that that can't happen apart from being connected to a community of Mm -hmm. faith. Churches try to approach that in a lot of different ways. Um, You and I both grew up in church, Mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we've seen it all, and we've seen it in different, even different places of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of the ways that you've experienced churches trying to pursue this kind of community we're talking about? Um, And what what are some of the ways in which you've seen that successful and maybe maybe not so Mm. successful? Mm-hmm. Different churches have tried to pursue that through creating community groups, which meet based on like the scripture and yeah. or like the ser- sermon based, scripture based, sermon informed like right. content. But the groups are gathering in homes throughout the week, usually in the evening. Um, I mean, as far as other models, like Sunday school has been a popular model uh, for a long time, and um, which typically meets in the name on su- on right. su- on Sundays yeah. and it's more of like a, it's a classroom setting. There's a more um, it's probably more strict to the content and it's usually yeah. there's a teacher in an audience, right. a little bit more engagement, but it's, it's still like that kind of format versus a community group. That's a little bit more. I mean, I think people's guards are down right there. Sure. It's not, I think naturally when we come to church, we're always tempted to put on a mask that we wear, yeah. <laughs> you know, as far as, um, it's just there's just certain pressures that I think influence the way we interact versus walking into a home yeah. and feeling just potentially more at ease and comfortable. It just feels natural. Sure. Um, so I think that the place can potentially make a difference. Um, and then the structure of the group as far as what it's conducive for. So I think Sunday school a lot of times does just become an information transfer. Right. And people, like we talked about, kind of entering into that space um, – sometimes are less willing to engage in a deeper, more vulnerable way Um, because it's just, it's staying with information and not, um, yeah, just talking about the kind of deeper things of life. And there's, there's less maybe application in those contexts. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think all I'd add to what you're saying is it's interesting when you look at, you almost see a progression in mm -hmm. the way that churches have approached this need for community. And we can go back to the days of Sunday school, which, it's what I grew up in. It's what I'm most mm-hmm. familiar with when you talk about some kind of small group setting. But it is it's essentially a teacher lecture. Here's mm-hmm. a lesson yeah. right, that you're going to receive in a classroom. Um, and then I remember, uh, at least in the Southern Baptist world, we started changing uh, the, the words, the phrase Sunday school to life groups. Life okay. groups because yeah, it sounded yeah. less, yeah. less classroom-ish. Um, we started life groups. But it was the same thing. It was meeting mm-hmm. in a classroom. Somebody does, does a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like we have seen... I don't know how long, maybe within the last you know decade or so, at least in our experience of church, mm-hmm. a real shift in most churches towards something 
more like a community group that's in home. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that trend is definitely true. So yeah, we've, we've definitely seen a shift in the past, I don't know, 10, 10 plus years uh, away from Sunday school and towards community group based model. Um, and yeah, I'm not exactly sure why that is. Seems like part of that is necessity. You think about church planning, right? It's Oh, you probably just um, don't have the got space. a rental space, right? Or, yeah. So we yeah. can't set up classrooms. Yeah. But then you also, as other churches latch onto that, it seems like there's a recognition that there is some helpfulness yeah. in that model that mm-hmm. couldn't be achieved with Sunday school. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I know. I think that's true. I think what started off maybe as a necessity, right? they realized, uh, I think there's actually something inherently good in what's taking place exactly. here because maybe it's yeah. removing some of the barriers that were present in Sunday school classes. I mean, I think one of those things is Sunday school classes were usually life stage based. Yes. So it's like, yeah. it was, yeah. you know, the young marrieds, the senior adults, the, you know, men, yeah, the young adults, whatever. Right. And uh, I mean, there's so many different variations of that. And I think there's, there's good in that. I mean, I think it, it can be helpful to walk alongside people in a similar stage of life as you, but I think it also can lead it to kind of divulge into just little clicks of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, and I think it hinders you from learning from one another, learning from people in different stages of life than you, right. um, kind of getting outside of your norm to hear the wisdom of people, both older and younger, you know? Right. And, yeah. um, yeah. So can you go back to experiencing the fullness of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. even across the spectrum of age? Mm-hmm. There's wisdom, wisdom in that. Even from my perspective, I mean, doing student ministry for a lot of years, I walked through that shift where we started to see, I think student ministers were recognizing the issues with student ministry being so siloed from the Mm -hmm. rest of the church in the way that it was and needing to pursue, whether it be like a family ministry model or just more intergenerational Mm -hmm. relationships for, for teenagers. Yeah. Um, even noticed, noticed that, but community groups does create that naturally lends itself Mm -hmm. to this thing where it's going to be, across the stages of life gathering together. Yeah. So for us at Mountain Bible, you know, we're thinking about what does building community look like for us? We're in a a stage of growth. We've had some pretty rapid growth over the last couple of years. A lot of new families move into our area. um, But that does force us to think about how can we move beyond just sort of the acquaintances that people are making on Sunday morning and really digging into a, a life together as the as a community of faith mm-hmm. as a family of mm-hmm. Christ um, here in Livingston so uh, there's different ways that we could be pursuing that mm-hmm. um, we're limited on our, our building space so having a big fancy Sunday school program is not really an option for us or a life group program mm-hmm. uh, so community group is kind of the uh, natural route for these to be in home for mm-hmm. us well, I mean, why are we choosing it? One, we're limited on space as far as the Sunday school option really isn't. A, it, the Sunday school model isn't yeah, really an yeah. option for us initially. But then two, we question like, well, what is, would, if we could do Sunday school, would it be the most desirable option as far as like, right. what, like, what does, what do we see that producing? And I think like a helpful analogy that I've used probably 10 times now is that <laughs> the analogy of the trellis and the vine. And, uh, which I think is just helps you think like what is the, the structure can change, but yeah, the substance of what it's 
pursuing and its goal doesn't change. Correct. Right. So, I mean, even Sunday school, um, its goal is transformation. Yeah. At least you would hope yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that the goal is, sure. is, is believers gathering together, studying scripture and living in community in order to, to grow in Christ likeness together. Um, but we have to ask ourselves, what is it actually producing? Yeah. You know, what, what is, what is this, um, this structure actually conducive of or producing? Yeah. yeah. yeah so all, all that to say, a structure can always change at the end of the day. What is it that we're pursuing? We're pursuing gospel centered community that brings about transformation and greater conformity to Christ likeness as we love one another. Well, yeah. bear one another's burdens and, um, grow in loving God and loving people. Yeah. Just like simply and basically. Uh, yeah. so that's our goal and our desire. The goal of is building a structure that helps facilitate that kind of growth. Knowing yeah. that we we don't bring that about, we can't control that. I mean, right, right. Um, no matter what model you create, at the end of the day, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I guess it's a full stop <laughs> statement, but <laughs> it's it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but um, for sure. But we want to participate in that. Yeah, we, we want to participate in what the Spirit is already doing and already mm-hmm. leading us towards, and surrender that work walking in the spirit it's not just an individual thing it is a yeah. community thing which mm-hmm. in which we ask what is what is the best way we can walk in the spirit together mm-hmm. and so i like that idea though of considering the fact that it the structure the specifics they can look different yeah the goals remain the same yeah that, that gospel center community that remains the same but the structure can look different in different places different times different churches You've got to contextualize according to the place that you are and the resources that you have and the kind of congregation mm-hmm. that you have. Um, and that looks different across the span of time. You know, yeah. you look at the church in Acts and their particular context and the way they were doing things. And uh, there's a difference there than compared to now. But the principles, the foundation of what mm-hmm. they were pursuing, that, of course, remains the same. Mm-hmm. It seems like churches, we have some freedom in Christ to sort mm-hmm. of figure out what is the best way Yeah, uh, with godly wisdom, right? Yeah. What is the best way we can pursue this mm-hmm. for our congregation? So we think about a community group for us as Mountain Bible. Um, we're choosing to, to move that direction as we pursue community together. Um, but as with any kind of structure, I guess there's always downsides, there's negatives, there's mm-hmm. things in, in which ways in which it can't, it doesn't solve all the issues there's no magic yeah. bullets right yeah. for for pursuing the kind of community god calls us to so uh what do you think some of those limits or or even downsides of mm-hmm. community groups yeah. are and the kind of structure that we're talking about mm-hmm. an in-home community group weekly in-home community group yeah i mean first i think a, a barrier could be it's another night of the week people yeah. are busy um yeah. and as far as like prioritizing that and having that as a weekly rhythm, that could seem exhausting to some people. Right. Um, so I think that could potentially be a barrier. Um, then there's always the fear of it just kind of becoming a a country club or like a subset of the of the church yeah. where they think yeah. that like um, we're a group or people in the group think that this is now kind of my experience of church. Sure. I don't need to go on Sundays. Yeah. Um, or that there's no desire to, because we didn't talk about this, but as far as structure, the the hope would be that as God brings growth, both in the group spiritually, but also even numerically, as as new people, whether it's they come to the church and get connected, or 
or whether people in the group are reaching people with the gospel and bringing them into the group, the hope is that they would eventually multiply, which would keep them from becoming just a, a yeah. stagnant click. But yeah. I think that is a, a fear maybe and a, and a danger and something to, to look yeah. out for. Um, but I think with that, these groups are a place where we want to grow in trusting other people yeah. to bear our burdens with us and to be vulnerable and share about the honest pains and hardships of life that I think we're very hesitant to allow people to bear those burdens with us naturally. Um, And so I think that takes time, right? It takes time to build trust with other people. Um, Yeah. To walk through life with kind of longevity in mind. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the, you know, the put, I wouldn't say pushbacks, but concerns we've, we've heard from some folks as we are, pursuing community groups is is just that like them becoming stagnant and how about how you know let's try when when can we switch groups or can we change Mm -hmm. up groups every now and then but there there does have to be a realization that the way we are as humans it requires time it requires some longevity yeah to build that trust to build Mm -hmm. the kind of relationships where i can truly um bear another person's burdens and be willing for them to bear mine, yeah, right? Yeah, that that takes time. That takes time. And so uh, this is one of the downsides of a you know, Sunday school type program where you're just going through lesson content together or um, even community groups in the way we've done in the past where it's just been for maybe three months at a time seasonally with a mm-hmm. book and then you take a long break and do something else. Um, we're trying to create a structure in which people can build those long-term and long, hopefully long-lasting yeah. relationships. Yeah. And transformative relationships. Transformative relationships, yeah. yeah. I, just as far as the emphasis here being that, like, this is, community groups are a place, there is information, right, yeah. as far as, yeah. like, we're talking about the scripture uh, and we're discussing the word together. Like, there is some word-centeredness there. Right. But I think there are also, like, there, there's an important emphasis on, meaningful fellowship and i guess what i mean by that is a lot of times we just use the word fellowship in the church just to mean just a gathering around a meal which i think there's it's it's good yeah yeah any of it could be any type of social event um but i think community groups are a place for intentional christ-centered fellowship like or in other words just christ-centered friendship yeah um meaningful christian friendship where you're talking about uh yeah, the things of God together and encouraging one another, building one another up, all the one another's. Um, so while there is information talking about scripture um, and answering specific questions about the text, um, we want there to be a strong emphasis on meaningful relationship and prayer um, and serving one another, caring for one another and, and building those deep and meaningful relationships. Right. Because we talked about, I mean, this is our our values. One of our core values is that we are a family. And so thinking about, on the one hand, you know, when you walk in on Sunday and there's around 200 people, 150 to 200 people, there, there's a very real sense where we are we all are all a part of the family of God. We are all family. Yeah. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, but as far as our experience of that family, that's more of like a family reunion yeah. than like really experiencing uh, a, a real sense of family and, and being able to have space in order to really care for one another well. And so right. community groups in that sense is, is helping fulfill, help us, helping us live out and experiencing that value in a more full way yeah. um, by reducing numbers in order to be more intentional yeah. uh, with yeah. one another. Yeah. 
Yeah, so here at Bound Bible, we're recognizing, and given our context, our particular um, place and time where we are as a church body, we feel like this is the best structure for us in, in pursuing the kind of mm-hmm. family in Christ that we, we're know, we know we're called to be. And uh, my challenge would be for anyone involved in any body of believers anywhere um, that they would consider the fact that they, they need this. They need these kind of relationships. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of Paul, Romans 13, 10. He tells us that love is the fulfillment of the law. And you think about what he's saying there, that love, which is a very relational concept, right? Mm-hmm. That it's my it involves my relationship with other people, my community with other people, um, being a fulfillment of God's intentions, God's will, God's wisdom for his people. And so, like you said early on, there is no way in which I can experience the fullness of what mm-hmm. God intends for me apart from relationship, apart mm-hmm. from being in community. Mm-hmm. And so as much as our culture would push against that and lead us towards either isolation or picking and choosing our community in the way we want it mm-hmm. in the digital world, mm-hmm. um, the calling of scripture is a much higher and more mm-hmm. beautiful thing yeah. to experience yeah love within the context of this diverse body of Christ that God has placed me in. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for listening. We hope and pray you are able to find a community of faith to belong to, to grow in, to mature in. And if you're at Mountain Bible, we surely hope you'll uh, join in on the community groups kicking off next month. Thank you for your time, Kyle. Yep, of course. We'll see you next time. See you next time.